Hey, good day, everybody. My name is Scott, your host of Cue the Smoke, and today's guest is Kevin Rohrbach. He, you probably know him. I know Indy 11 fans know who he is. I know the Brickyard Battalion knows who he is. But for those of you who aren't familiar with our our Indy 11 soccer club here in Indy, Kevin was the equipment manager for the Indy 11, and I believe he kind of led me to believe that he has a pretty interesting story on how he became that person for the club. Did I get that right, Kevin, what you did for the club? Yeah, Scott, glad to be on. Uh, definitely not a traditional story, but I'm glad, glad to share it on your uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. I think in the reason we do this podcast real before you get started, Kevin, we do it from a fan's point of view. Uh, we don't want to be the typical sit there and bash a team, talk hype about a team. I kind of like to get in behind the scenes and see how things tick and see how things work. So have at it. Let us know how this all came about for you. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your podcast for sure. It's definitely a special one. Um, I think a lot of people in sports appreciate people that kind of want to see behind the scenes and want to see uh, more than just what happens on on game day. So, um, yeah, for me, it all started in college. Um, he's the coach at Marion University now, but Mark Castro, uh, many people know him in the area, uh, hired me as a as a student manager when I was a freshman. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan University and so got to work for him for a few years and uh, and then another coach Luke Samford came in when Mark left and kind of taught me a lot and uh, led me to work for a guy named Dave Dixon who was assistant coach for Indy 11 uh, in 2018 with Martin Rennie and so uh, I got to intern when Dave was at a USL 2 club in Charlotte Charlotte Eagles and so that all kind of led to the summer of 2019. I had just gotten married in June and me and my wife moved to Noblesville in July and she got a job and I didn't have a job yet. <laughs> and so uh, I got word the equipment manager was leaving. And so uh, my good friend, Josh Kramers, um, kind of connected me with coach Rennie and, uh, interviewed with him a little bit and started working, worked for, uh, about a month for the team kind of for free, just, helping the, the old kid guy out. And so I kind of earned my way into an interview and uh, don't think Martin really brought anyone else in. And so Martin hired me in August of 2019. And uh, what, a, what a crazy fall that was. The team went on a really good run and um, made it to the Eastern Conference final. And I just, you know, kind of arrived on the scene. And so I, I definitely felt like I belonged and um, lost a tough one to Louisville. I don't like to bring that up, but I know a lot of fans know what, how that season ended um, yep. and, and some bitterness there. But uh, that playoff run was cool. We beat New York at home. I think it rained all day for like 10 hours. Uh, we beat them 1-0 and then beat Nashville 1-0 the next weekend and then hosted the Eastern Conference Final. And I don't really, I didn't really know at the time kind of what how big a deal that was. <laughs> I was still kind of new and, you know, I've been, had been in the NAIA game for a little bit, six years at, at Indiana Wesleyan, um, much like my friend Jordan Farr, uh, who had some Corbin, uh, a good career at Corbin and NAI. So yeah, um, we were in it together a little bit. That was his second year with Indy and my first. So um, when you get to work with your friends, it's, it makes it all better. So it's um, funny. I think, I think Jordan put Corbin on the map. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, those in the soccer world, like Corbin, what, who, who is Corbin? And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, everybody knows Corbin now. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I We almost ran into each other back when we were, like, freshmen in college. I think wow. Corbin, Corbin got into the tournament when Indiana Wesleyan got in. Uh -huh. And I, I we, we might have been at the same site, actually, um, which is just a small world. Wow. Um, 
kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, that 2019 season ended in a, in a tough way, but I definitely felt like, man, this is a really cool spot for me to be in. It's kind of my first professional job, um, you know, since graduating and, uh, kicked off the 2020 season really well. And then, uh, March, everyone knows where they were that early March, those days in early March of, uh, with the COVID and stuff. And so that, that was tough. Um, and, uh, yeah, just got furloughed in May and then we all came back in July and kicked the season back off and, uh, some tough times, but I thought I, I did well throughout all that. So, um, yeah. it was always, yeah, it was always good to see on the pitch because always had a smile, always waved, said, hi. Yeah. As funny as it sounds, you know, there's certain people in this world that you always remember, um, you know, players come, players go, and, and that always happens in this business. But, you know, like you, Ian, I'll always remember Ian. Ian's an awesome guy. I love Ian to death. Ian Gilmore. I had him on the podcast yeah. when he was an intern with you guys, which yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, Trey, always remember Trey because he's yeah. the one that kind of helped me get my feet up underneath me. Colluder. Um, and then you look at players like Jordan, um, you know, the relationship with my son being a goalkeeper and, and Jordan just kind of giving him words of encouragement when he needs it. That was huge. Bobby Edwards, uh, the Evan Newtons of the world, um, Hackshaw, another one. Um, you know, my son really, he enjoyed this summer. He last summer, he trained with Justin Ingram every during the week at night. Um, so yeah, those relationships, you get to know these people, um, they kind of stick with you. You know what I mean? And, and I, I say it from a perspective of, the fan versus somebody who's seen behind the curtain. Um, the casual fan sees people come and go. Um, this business is brutal. Um, you know, you get yeah. attached to people here yeah. today, gone tomorrow. And, and for me, I'm okay with that. I'm an old guy. I'm old enough to be your dad, Kevin. I mean, I'm 58. <laughs> so these yeah. things I know, but for my son, it's hard for him to, to put together uh, good example. Hey, Tim, we're going to go give Jordan this picture that I took that Andy Swift got me in contact with the front office that got me the media credentials that kind of started this podcast, kind of got this whole thing moving. So Rake Straw hits me up. He says, hey, man, I want to buy that picture. Okay, good. He puts it in his man cave. Got me thinking, hey, look, I need to go buy one for Jordan. Give it to Jordan. I'll have Tim come give it to him. So we meet Jordan up in Carmel and Jordan leans into Tim and goes, they didn't resign me. Uh, and we were both like, what? For because this is what we heard. I want players of high character, high caliber that can go perform on the pitch, but have extremely high character. Back in my mind, I'm like, you're describing Jordan Farr to a T. Yeah. And then when the club didn't resign him, we were all like, we were just devastated. My my son was his jaw dropped. And, and like, you know, and at the time, Jordan was like, not sure where this is going to lead me, these types of things. Man of faith. We're, we're, we're a family of faith. We looked at Jordan and said, look, God knows the plan he has for you. You know, we don't know what that plan is, but something will happen. And lo and behold, look what happened. Oh, my. I mean, I know. Yeah. Talk yeah. about a storybook, uh, you know, leaves us, goes on loan to San Antonio for the playoff. I watch those playoff games and I'm like, this dude is not, he's not leaving San Antonio. There is no, <laughs> I said, they were going to, they are going to do whatever they have to do to make him go to San Antonio, the way he played in that playoff run. And then 
lo and behold, he gets to he gets to San Antonio and the one keeper says, well, I'm retiring. I'm going to go to law school. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, right. You know, we go back to that. God knows the plan he has for you. Well, there you go, Jordan. Uh, you know, the stage is yours and, and couldn't have been a better season. I could not have been happier to see those guys win the cup. Yeah, it's good you brought that up, Scott, as coming from a family of faith and, and a Christian myself, it's I've always had good role models and good people in my life that have modeled how to integrate sports and faith into one and to not leave them separated. And I've had uh, some coaches, all the coaches I mentioned are, are Christian men, Mark Castro, Luke, Luke Sanford, Dave Dixon, and they kind of modeled for me you know, how to, how to treat players um, with that level of respect and professionalism, but also to, to know that it's a business and that it's a sport and to how, how to do your best, especially as a kit man, it was, it was easy to serve the guys and easy to serve the coaches on the good days when your seasons are going well. And when you're getting to the playoffs and when you're winning a lot, but it's tough on the bad days and the seasons, you don't make the playoffs and the, the the tough losses even well, last the, year was pretty brutal yeah and 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 2021 was tough as well 2020 we yeah. didn't make the playoffs on a weird 16 game regular season um with a loaded roster 21 coaching change happens and, and everyone's you know kind of shocked a little bit by that and then obviously mark's first year you know didn't go as planned and um you know there's a lot to touch on there i mean i think i was with jordan <laughs> we were cleaning up his apartment when <laughs> when he said, ah, fans here with his son, I got to go. Um, that was, yeah. Okay. Him. And so I, I, we were up in his apartment cleaning. And I'm like, oh my, Man, that's, that's some dedication from a, a dad and his son to come all the way up to Carmel and dedication from uh, Jordan. I didn't know that that was you, but dude, I'm putting that all was, together now. So. Yeah. Cause Jordan ran back inside and came down with his third kit for Tim. His shirt yeah. Jersey. Well, we were, oh. cleaning, we, we were cleaning him out. Yeah. And he was oh, like, that's that a is... great gift. And, and I love giving people oh, jerseys. It's as someone who's printed, you know, over yeah. 500 jerseys in the last four years. Um, oh my, watching, that's a small watching, world. Yeah, watching players give it, give them to fans and myself making sure people are taken care of with kids. It's always a special one, especially with all the good kids in the 11s created with Adidas. Yeah. And um, it's been a pleasure working on that side of things. So, well, oh my God, this is so funny, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is funny because Tim. So we go to the San Antonio game this year and Tim looks at me and goes, dad, can I wear Jordan's Jersey? And I'm like, dude, absolutely. They'll give you a pass this time. Um, you know, so he wore the kit, you know, he had his Jersey on the whole game and Jordan came over before the game and talked to Tim and you know, that was awesome. And that was super appreciated, but that is, that is a small world. You were up in his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, uh, my. a lot of the players live there at that building. Yeah, yeah, my wife yeah. and I live there. We got it. We, as an Indy 11 employee, we got a discount. So it was nice. kind of nice to live there and, uh, be able to be around the players, um, a lot. And so when they started packing up their apartment, my wife and I were helping them and a few other people and it was, it was bittersweet. And we kind of knew, yeah hoping that they would end up in San Antonio just because he had a really good experience there from 2020, uh, 2021. Um, and so it's been really tough for them to be away, but I'm hoping that when he's done playing that they make the move back. So you got two fans here that I want you to come back. (laughs) And just, I'm going to piggyback on that because we'll be in San Antonio March 20th to the 24th. And I've already messaged him. So I'm like, dude, uh, we'll be in San Antonio. We want to see you and the family and the baby. 
Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so it lined up perfectly. My wife flew down on her fall break. She's a she's a social worker here in nice. Hamilton County. And so she flew down a few days after their daughter was born and helped just take care of the apartment, take care of, you know, food and holding the baby. So that worked out really well. So I'm trying to figure out how I can get down there and meet the baby and everything. But um yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Something you were talking about earlier, Scott. I mean, kind of the personal side of players and and how you know, the average fan doesn't really get to see around that. That's something that um, I've, I've struggled with for sure. Kind of seeing, you know, watching fans tweet yeah. about players or, you know, seeing articles written about players. And and so, um, you know, I think during COVID, a lot of people tried to get on the more humanity side of just everything. You know, we were in a weird time in humanity of like how to treat people and, you know, yeah. mental health and everything. And, and not every not everyone knows what players go through, you know, everyone kind of knows what they do, but um, you know, when you get to see them come in early in the morning and and leave kind of late after practice, you get to appreciate all the extra unseen stuff that they do and um, the mental weight they carry when they're performing. And um, especially the young guys, you know, the rookies and the guys out of college, like they don't know what their career is going to hold. And you've got guys uh, credit, like a guy like Iose, right. Who was on tail end of his career here in Indy he wasn't really you know he wasn't worried worried about the next day or the next game he knew that his place in history and within within Indy 11 was kind of solidified but um you know he still he still worked harder than everyone else so that's a testament to some of the young players that um you know they show up and they work hard but they're human beings Scott and I think that's what in my position I was able to help them and encourage them and serve them in a way that you know, I'm not a coach, I'm not a trainer, but you know, I'm their friend, but I'm also just the guy making sure they've got everything they need. What and Kevin, you you keep saying this word serve and it keeps going into yeah. the back of my yeah. mind. You've heard this servant leadership, and and that's what strikes me because you know, people watch Ted Lasso and they see Nathan, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And that okay, that's Hollywood. Let's get it real, folks. That's kind of Hollywood, but they don't see the interpersonal reactions between teammates, employees, those types of things. And, and yeah, it is, it is interesting. And they are at the end of the day, they're human beings. And, and it's so funny, Kevin, because right before we did this recording, I just did a recording with Evan Newton. And did you guys talk because he was talking about the human element of being a professional athlete and how people don't really, um, Make sure I word this correctly. He, he, yeah. he, people, people see the athlete, you know, they see the goalkeeper, they see the athlete, they see whatever, but they don't see the human being under that label. And we were talking about identity and how to find your identity. And, you know, the big thing with, with Jordan, that's always stuck with my son. And I always try to help my son understand that son is your identity is not a goalkeeper. Your identity is with God. He's giving you the gift of goalkeeping. Use that gift for good but understand that it can be taken away at any moment. Um, You know, and as he's getting older, he's still a teenager and we're trying to to teach him the right thing that, you know, he wants to play after high school. And I understand that, but I had to have the hard talk with him that these next four years, son, may be the last four years you play competitively, enjoy it, you know, and just relish every moment of it. And I know you saw a lot of that because you saw them, you saw them, not in front of the crowd. You know, you saw him yeah, at practice. Yeah. You saw him pregame. 
You saw them post-game, win, lose, the emotions they go through, their personal struggles, their human beings. And if people would just grasp that, whatever sport or whatever, whatever celebrity, athlete, whatever you want to call them, at the end of the day, they are human beings with feelings, with family, just like the rest of us. For sure. Yeah, I mean... I'm glad you're telling your son that. I mean, when I was in high school and, and I, I didn't know I wouldn't play in college, but then it kind of hits you when you when you're not going to play in college and you're playing some of your last games and you're trying to enjoy it, but you're trying to, you know, you wish it, it could continue. Um, it's tough and it's definitely a growing moment for sure. I mean, a lot of people play sports and then eventually they they don't, and so um, that was definitely a tough time when I transitioned in college to being a, a, a manager um, that that was tough because I thought I could play still. I thought I was better than some of the players, but that wasn't <laughs> and, the role I was in anymore. No, uh, no. And that's the right attitude. You always, yeah. To, yeah. You always got to feel you're the best player on the pitch regardless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I wish I, the confidence I have now as, as, a, as a 28 year old, I wish I had when I was 18, I, I probably would have gotten on the pitch. Wow. Um, yeah more, okay but, i yeah i'm well yeah I, yeah okay son no i'm just well, kidding just, just, no <laughs> just to see just to see what you know what guys go through and how how players you know playing with confidence is so important and anything you do if you do it with confidence you're going to be better better for it so um a coach told me that and i i, I applied that i tried to apply yeah. it every day at nd 11 you know i wasn't certainly you know the best at my job but a lot of people told me that you know I you know, they just always respected me and how hard I worked. And I just always internalized that to, you know, doing the best. I, that's what I'm called to do no matter what I'm doing. So Absolutely. I'm obviously not in soccer anymore and that's tough, but, um, you know, I'm giving it the best of what I I'm but doing now. And so you'll still um, be at the games. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean... Inter- it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm, I got a trip to Ireland first week of April, so I'm nice. missing the home opener and I'm missing <sighs> the second home game and, <laughs> um, but I might be up at Detroit. Um, nice for the for their home opener. I don't know if you've been to, uh, been to Detroit City game, but they're really cool. So no, but that um, pitch, that stadium is so cool. It, what, it's what very do? very interesting. And for yeah. home, we were there in middle, we were there in August, late August, early September for our game, and it was right. packed. And the, their fans are crazy, and they're jumping up and down in motion. I mean, it's crazy. So for the home <laughs> opener, I I can't miss it. It's against Indy Eleven, so. Right. Um, so I'm hoping I can get up there to that game. And I've got some games booked out for when San Antonio comes to play oh, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Detroit, you know, the games yep. we can drive to. And yeah. um, when AJ Cochran comes from Charleston up to Indy and to Louisville, well, and okay, let's... Try to get that. okay. Yeah. What... So, we got to make a list. Okay. When AJ gets here from Charleston. Yep. Okay. Got it. Check. Uh, Justin gets here from Las Vegas. Check. And, and Andrew Carlton. And Andrew Car- a, yeah. So, good buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's so funny. I look at all these players that I know and my son knows and we start looking at, okay, yep. Big game. Definitely got to be at that one. Yep. Got to be there for that one. But of course, San Antonio is always top of the list regardless. Um, for sure. But it my is old, it, my old boss is a, a, an assistant coach for New Mexico United. Um, ah, so they're gotcha. not coming to Indy this year, but they're coming out East. So I'm like, ah, it's a stretch to go to, I think they go to Memphis and Pittsburgh. And I'm like, uh, that's pretty tough, man. But um, yeah, uh, they host Louisville, they host Indy, so that was tough. But yeah, I'm, I'm already eyeing up all the games I can go awesome. to. See. And you know, the list of Indy Eleven people is is long. Uh, <laughs> as the clubs turned over five oh, yeah. rosters in five years. It's you know that's not a always a great thing, but it no. does give you the opportunity to connect with them at other clubs. And oh, 
um cheering yeah. on so. the sweet thing was san antonio comes here right and we're like okay cool son gets to see jordan and then winning was kind of like sweet i mean yeah. we love you jordan but hey let's be real still an indy 11 fan you know that was kind of nice but it's funny let's let's segue into what you said so five rosters in five years so basically we flipped everything yeah um, what what are your thoughts about this year's squad from what you can from what you what you know up until this point um what what i've seen preseason i've been impressed with it it looks good i think adding the new center back is obviously big um i would like to see iozi play some more as he did up at grand park when yeah at that game that was hilarious i i know when when you get into the into the nine to five world. You don't always get to escape up to Grand Park for uh, all the preseason games like I'd like to, but um, yeah, I mean, Cam Lindley's back. I think that's obviously what everyone's talking about. You know, Jack Blake, Manzotti, it's, um, you know, the squad is, is really, really talented. And if I was a player, I would love to play for Mark. Um, working for him was, was tremendous. Um, I, I treasured every day even the bad ones when we were losing and, you know, that tough streak throughout the the summer and stuff was tough, but, um, you know, he works incredibly hard um, and he's incredibly motivated more than ever to, to get the team back on a winning in winning form. Um, yeah. I'm really excited. Um, it's they're They're going to be good. I'm glad Jonas is back. Um, it was tough to see him go down to, to yeah. Texas last year. Um, a player I really, really enjoyed working with and who supported guy. You know, players that support the kit guy. You know, I think there's, there's a special place for guys <laughs> like that. And all the players yeah. know who yeah. they are too. And it's not that if you don't help or whatever, or pick up, it's like, I'm not going to have you on a bad list, but no. you know, it operations staff and all the operations people I know in college and in pro, they all have a little list in their head of the players they like the most. So of course, um, Jonas always was a guy that I could count on and that I could ask to help. And Solo's back. Solo is one of the fun, funniest players and just one of the most memorable players I'll ever, you know. Oh, solo? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. amazing. He's um, just a ton of energy and a ton of excitement. He's never yeah, I, he's, I heard, he's never frowning. He's always smiling. I, I heard a rumor that he has aspirations of hotel ownership in his oh yeah country. oh yeah. yeah i just i heard that from a certain midfielder who's now in las vegas that we yeah. talked a little bit in yeah I, I heard some of the anecdotes and i will not repeat them uh <laughs> <laughs> you probably know what i'm talking about i, I do I, I asked i asked him <laughs> if i ever make it over there if i have a place to stay and he said of course of course uh and is that i guess in his home country that's probably a big status symbol i'm assuming Oh, I mean, I, I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, I've he's <laughs> talked to me about it a little bit, and um, we've had a, from some countries over there that have right. come here and just, you know, they tell me stories. And, and it, as an American who grew up in Indiana, you know, not not a big town. I grew up in Marion, Indiana, so about 30,000. But, yeah. you know, we're so fortunate here. Oh, you know, I oh, mean, yeah. it's, it's really hard to compare and um i've never been to africa or, or right it's just it's hard to compare you know and they come over here and they send stuff back you know they're always asking for stuff that i'm about to throw away you know gear that can't be worn again they're like no 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 give it to me i'm gonna send it back to my family and i'm like and they'll use it here you go like i'm yeah. i'm glad that i don't get to that i get to help kind of recycle and give it that's awesome. a new purpose so 
No, yeah, it is funny no, you say that with the players. I mean, because another one that sticks out to me is is Pino uh, comes yeah, over here, yeah. mm -hmm. basically leaves his family back home in Brazil, and is here on his home. We talked to him faith and family night, and and one of the guys at my church, he's our missions director. He's from Brazil, so mm -hmm. I turn around and they're having a whole conversation in Portuguese. I got no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. at the end of the night yeah. to make that connection, and you know. Like Teddy, he's that's the guy's name. He told me, he said, yeah, look, he's here on his own, doesn't even have a car. You know, he's just doing what he does for his family to probably try to provide for them. And I'm like, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's crazy when 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 players come here, you know, it's something that I, I noticed in college um, when when our coach started recruiting more internationally is like the, the, their sense of public transportation is so ingrained in them. And then they get over here to America and they're like struggling with it like they they got to get a car they always got to get a ride and so you know carmel to westfield it, it, you know it's not there's no public transportation so guys are always having to figure it out and you know the club always tries to pair them up with people that have a vehicle or, right. or try to make sure that they have you know that standard transportation um and so definitely something that no, is absolutely. hard for them to, to manage yeah and it's funny because i don't think see once again let's go back to the casual fan they yeah. don't understand this stuff. Yeah. You know, they look at a soccer player like Pino or Solo or, you know, other players that have come in from foreign countries and they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, even when you get to the point of Arteaga, you know, what all these people come from foreign countries and they just assume that the minute they hit the ground in the U.S., they're lavished with everything they need. And that is nowhere near the truth. No, no, it's not. It, it's definitely... You know, I, I've never worked in MLS and I don't, those guys, are, I think are in a little bit of a different boat. They're still playing the same sport, but right. you know, the, the funds are there to support them. But yeah, I mean, when we've got guys coming in and, you know, especially trialists and guys that are trying to make it and they're staying in hotels, but they don't have a vehicle, they don't have anything. Um, yep. The, the former, you know, team, you know, the current team admin and the former team admin and myself, you know, all of us operations people within the 11 tried to make it work and, whether we got to go pick them up in the morning or, you know, got to right. text other guys to make sure they're getting picked up. You know, we kind of have that oversight a little bit of the operations of the team and what the coaches focus on coaching and training and recruiting. Right. So, you know, they, they kind of in a sense become sort of our, you know, um, our, not our responsibility, but in a sense, like we want to make sure their experience is good and we want to make sure oh, that yeah. they're getting to work on time in a sense, you know, even though, some fans it's like well they play soccer and it's like well it's work they got to show it's up still gotta, a job yeah <laughs> they got to put in effort and um you know obviously it's showcased a little differently uh on yeah. saturday nights oh, um, no, absolutely and you keep going back to the operation staff because yeah, you yeah. sheebs um sheebs. J, I, jj who <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I yeah and jj who i absolutely love i love jj I, he's just his story is something else too. When he talks about being a mascot and for sure that story, I I still keep trying to get him on the podcast and he keeps saying he's coming and it's like, come on, JJ, really? Come on. I want to publicize the story of how you got through college because he told me that. And we just laughed. I mean, he's like, yeah, yeah man, whatever it takes, but you know, people like that and colluder and all these people that have helped me. I mean, I was nothing. I took a picture I took a picture. Okay. So I season ticket holder looked at the thing, looked at the website. I'm like, okay, what size camera can I bring in? Okay. So my <laughs> lens is my lens is seven inches. It says no more than eight. So if they stop me, I've got a ruler. We'll talk about it. 
So I walk in, take this picture of Jordan distributing the ball. I think we were playing uh, Terminix was on their on their uniform. Who was that? Memphis. Was that yeah. Memphis? Okay, Memphis yeah. in their in their whites. And the picture just came out. It's just one of those moments. So it's like boom. And then Andy Swift, Swifty, who coaches my son at ODP, reached out to me and said, "Hey, mate, that picture. Um, you need to send that to the front office and ask him for media credentials." I'm like, "What?" So he kind of looped in Colluder and everybody and that happened. And they said, okay, we can give you one-off passes. And then I hit up Trey one day and I'm like, Hey, Trey, how come the team doesn't have a podcast? He goes, Oh, we don't have the equipment. Don't have the time. Don't have the staffing. And I'm like a light bulb goes off in my head. Right. And I'm like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but I got a microphone. I got a computer. I'll figure this out. Um, (laughs) So and then Tom from the UK, I don't know if you know Tom, he's from he's from in, he's from the UK, probably the biggest Indy 11 supporter outside of Indiana. I mean, he is all in Indy 11, so he's like my co-host. Is he and the Indy 11 UK Twitter? Huh? Yeah, 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 that's him. Yeah, he's, he's great, man. Yeah. I, that's a really worthy follow. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, I appreciate he, him a lot. Yeah, he he's a, he's a great guy. He's great to have on the show. He's a big new he's a Newcastle guy. So, and I'm a Liverpool guy, so we have a we have our own private discussions about that. But anyway, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, no. So you're right. It is funny how this once again go back to the average fan. What do they see? They see the players, they see the manager, that's it. They don't see you. They don't see the operations. They don't see the front office, the back office, the trainers, everything else that goes into putting a team on the field Saturday nights. I don't think they get it. I I, I really don't. Yeah. And, and honestly, like that, that, that's a struggle, you know, for a lot of people in operations and in front office, it's, you know, you make it your mission, or at least I made it mine to make it all about the players and make it all about whatever, whoever was in the head coaching position. And I, th- I served three head coaches um, in, in pro and three in college. And so if you got them all in a room, I think they'd all say that, you know, I, I, Kevin worked his hardest and he always did his best, even though even sometimes falling short, but you know, it's not, a. It, I, I tried to make it never about me. Um, right. E- even though I, I highly organized and hi, I like doing things my way, I always made sure that kind of everyone was on board. And if I made a mistake, I'd try to, you know, remedy it real quick. And I, I made several mistakes. I, uh, the first game of the 2020 season, um, the staff, this, if the staff ever listens, to this, this is a good one. I left the, the <laughs> staff bag at Graham park. And, uh, I think Phil Presser called Catherine Reed, see if anyone could come pick it up or no. Juan Guerra was helping me with that one. We were trying to solve it the day of the game against Memphis. And I'm, I'm scared. It's kind of my first preseason, you know, my, cause I came what? in, at this, I came in the halfway of 19. Right. So this is 2020. And who knew, who knew what was going to happen five days later. But so me and Shelby Gilmore, were driving around Memphis. We're buying new cleats. We're, we're helping get some staff sorted. And then we go out and we win four to two, come back down, <laughs> down to zero. And um, I remember Shelby saying, is this how every away game is? And I'm like, no, usually, no. <laughs> usually the kit man remembers all the bags and, Sure enough, it was right there in the locker room at the event center um, oh, with all of our stuff in it. And so funny. we made it work, but uh, Juan was getting his B or A license that next week. And so he all of his stuff was at Grand Park. And um, so that, oh, that's a good story that I can look back and kind of laugh at now. But you, at had, the time, you had one I had job, few, right? I had a few coaches <laughs> looking at me uh, pretty, pretty upset, which, you know, who wouldn't be? So 
But, you know, we go out and we win the game, and, yeah. and that's something no one would ever know about. You know, no, no one would that's... ever know. We try to not let the players know, and um, oh, that's we go out, we, we, we get two goals scored on us, and then we win four to two. So all all good in that regard. But That's that's gold, Kevin. Yeah. That, that's kind of like, well, if we can do that, can we continue to leave the kit bag somewhere? Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. – yeah, a pre-game, like a pregame. Thing. We had a whole meeting. The next, the next trip was Kansas City. We never went on the trip because of COVID. Um, right. But we had a whole, we had a whole sit down and a big checklist on <laughs> what, what was all getting packed. So you know, kid guys always have stories like that. And I've, I've forgotten other things too. You got to pack a million things for games and oh, I can imagine home games. And when your training ground is thirty minutes from your home field, whether you're at Lucas yeah. Oil or, or Michael it's Carroll, still an away game. <laughs> it's still an away game in a sense. Yeah. Like you're still packing the same way. You're still making, but you know, you can always call someone or hope Andy Swift's, you know, driving down to the game a yeah. little bit later because he's got training out of Grand Park and Swifty. Can you grab this on the way? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he's gotten a lot of phone calls for me about six o'clock. You know, uh, or or a player doesn't remember their boots and they got to go right. get them. And, um, you know, st- stories like that. I mean, that's that's the non traditional part of the job. You know that a lot of nine to five jobs are just, you know, in an office and that's kind right. of what I'm in now. And there's pros and cons to it, of course, you know? Um, yeah. So but, you're doing financial stuff now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working for a, a finance manager up here in, in the Carmel area. Um, working as his assistant. It's been really good. It's been eye opening for sure. Um, it's, a, it's a whole different world other than sports. Um, and I've known sports my whole life, but uh, it's provided me opportunity to take a trip to Ireland in April, you know, <laughs> The last wow. three Aprils, I've been pretty booked with soccer. So, um, think it's, can you swing? Can I figure out how to get to Wrexham and grab some kit and come back? But right, right, yeah. <laughs> we're uh, the friends we're going to see. You know, we're lining up trying to see Patty Barrett. Um, so that's oh, nice. Fun, I didn't want to spoil yeah, yeah. that one, but yeah. trying to go see one of his games and maybe see a Gaelic football game and um, just some nice. stuff like that. So, you know, um, it's been a pleasure to to work in sports for a long time, but it's it's also rewarding to get into kind of a more traditional role now. No, absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate I do appreciate your time coming on the show. I would definitely want you to come back. I mean, I'm sure we could probably do a whole season of episodes of Kevin's <laughs> behind the scenes anecdotes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've got, with, I've got with, a library. Of, without of mentioning names, but we could probably play a game. Like, okay, on today's episode, Kevin's going to talk about a player that did X, and we won't even say yeah. who it is, and obviously people could guess. But no, we would never do that type of thing. Yeah, I, I, I might be able to get some people in trouble with that yeah, one. Nah, yeah, we would yeah. yeah, just kind of let that one lay on the <laughs> yeah. side. But yeah. no, Kevin, it, it's been great to have you on the podcast. I, I would like you to come back. Um, I really appreciate it, Scott. Yeah, you asked if I was talking to Evan Newton. I texted him the other day, uh, just wishing him well. I know he's moving on to something, and yeah, can't wait I, to hear what I, that's I, about. But I got the uh, breaking news, man. Ten oh five Saturday morning. I'm dropping. Hey, well, I, I can't wait for that one. He but... gave me the scoop. He said, "Dude, I'm going to drop something I knew that nobody knows about." I'm like, "What?" Whoa, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's making it seem like it's big, so I'm, I'm hoping it delivers. But Evan was always a class act. You know, yeah. I came in and. I'm friends with Jordan Farr and he's the backup and Evan's the starter and just watching their relationship. I was like, is this how all pro goalkeepers act? Cause I, I feel like that's a position that typically they don't always get along to that extent. You know, they're supportive, but they're supportive, there's only one person that they, can be goalkeeper. Yeah, they so, both want the job. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so watching Evan and Jordan, just yeah. their relationship and um, Jordan, obviously at the end of the 19th season was the starter. Evan was hurt. Evan comes yeah. back and he's the start of the next season. And, Jordan only gets one game that year. And so, um, but just watching them all the time and how supportive they were of each other. I didn't, you know, I didn't know Evan, um, but obviously I knew Jordan well. And so Evan was just a class act to to work Absolutely. with. And 
he had always appreciated, you know, when I did the small things well, and uh, he had always let me know when, um, you know, something could be better in a, in a positive way though. He never criticized, but he always just gave me ideas to, to try to make things better. Yeah, absolutely. We got about a minute left and it's something yeah. you said about the goalkeeper and you've heard GK union and my yeah. son, my son absolutely gets it. I was a goalkeeper before, believe it or not, before they had gloves, but anyway, <laughs> uh, that's how old I am. But yeah, there is something to be said about that goalkeeper. There is a bond, even though they're both fighting for one job. And I'll, I'll, I always say this, they're a different breed of person, mentally, physically, no doubt. No doubt. they are, they are 180 degrees different from the 10 players in front of them. They have to be. Yeah. And that's just the world they live in. Um, yeah. And credit yeah. to Andy Swift for all the, yeah. you know, I don't know any other goalkeeper coaches in the USL or in pro. Um, Swift so I'm awesome. blessed to work with him. I mean, what what a class guy. And I think that shows in, in the goalkeepers he's trained, you know. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Tim Tim Trilk. Yep. Um Elliot Panic guys we had last season and um a plethora of more, but you know, just 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 class act. So yep. credit to him. Gotta sign off before they cut us yeah. off. Kevin, it's yeah. been great. We'll catch up again. We'll do this soon, but I really do appreciate your time, Kevin. Have a good evening. Thanks, Scott. Yep, we'll touch base. Thanks, Kevin. We'll right, see, you. see you. Bye. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones.